Hello and welcome back to lessons from award-winning publisher podcasts from Media Voices. I'm Peter Houston and I'm learning all I can about making successful podcasts from some of the winners of the 2021 Publisher Podcast Awards. First up this season is Theodora Leloudis, Head of Audio for The Telegraph. My first question for Theo was what does that entail? We oversee a slate of regular shows and then pop-up shows, um, be that um, limited run series or our kind of big ambitious documentary series. And then um, I also work with our reporters who produce daily audio briefings, um, which go out on podcast apps, smart speakers and WhatsApp. And yeah, I work with reporters to produce their current shows and I get pitched as well ideas for new shows, which is always fun. The last time I talked to Theo, she had a small but fast-growing team and I wondered if that had changed. I would say we're more established as a team now and we're more established within the Telegraph newsroom. People internally and externally, I think, know a bit more what we're doing and what we're about. We've kind of um, improved the Telegraph audio as a brand, really, I think. We've established ourselves a little more so that the pace is slowing a bit, but, um, you know, obviously producing covid podcast we had to kind of pivot all of our resources into covering covid covid was obviously a big deal for everyone but what did it mean specifically for the telegraph's audio output we were doing a daily covid show i I was actually presenting and producing it so i mean i really turned all my time to to covid over the um first five months of the whole thing and then we slowed it down and we made it twice a week so yeah it was really all hands on deck in fact i remember my boss having a kind of serious conversation with me and saying right from now you don't work on anything that's not COVID related. To be honest yeah it it was um, crazy and it was stressful but it did show me the value of being flexible and producing very snappy reactive content. I mean the people people were listening. I had to ask how many people were listening? It got a million downloads in its first 10 days and yeah, I have to say that those are numbers that we're not entirely used to. You know I'm under no illusions that people were listening because um, they were stressed and they were scared and it's more of a reflection on the world than, well, I hope it's a reflection on our journalism too, but, you know, I'm under no illusions, it's a bit of both. I mean, it was our kind of big hit of the year, a hit that I didn't want to do and I didn't want to have, but it was our big hit of the year, yeah. Extraordinary times call for extraordinary efforts. But I also wanted to know what it was like working on regular podcast output with Telegraph staffers. Working with people in-house they're kind of almost a co-producer on on their own show you know we work really closely with the hosts to decide guests what questions we're going to ask our guests how we're going to treat a certain topic in the week so yeah it's very much a a team game and, and the hosts are very much part of that they'll leave the you know the editing side of things to us and the production side of things to us the other thing I would say about working with our own um, members of staff is that lots of them are very experienced journalists, but they're not always very familiar with podcasting. It tends to be that they get a bit nervous the first time, the first couple of times in the studio or or even when you call it, you know, a podcast rather than audio, because it can be a medium that they're more familiar with because, I don't know, it's something their children listen to or that kind of thing. And it's that weird thing of them being 
you know, journalists with much more experience than me when they're putting pen to paper. Um, and we work with them very closely to translate that into the audio studio and um, to make them write for audio, speak for audio, um, present for audio. Um, 99% of the time, um, or maybe 99.9% of the time, um, we've yet to have we've yet to have an experience where this didn't happen. Um, they kind of shock even themselves at how quickly they um, learn to do it, but. Uh, yeah, it's that it's just a little bit of intimidation, I think, when you when you put the mic in front of them. Not all podcasters at the Telegraph are new to the medium. Some are very big names with very big personalities. Lots of the people that we work with are columnists. Um, so it'll be people like Brian Gordon, who uh, presents Brian Gordon's Mad World, our mental health show, or Brian Moore, um, who presents our Full Contact Rugby podcast. So I, I think it's those kind of big telegraph names, people whose writing our audience might have enjoyed and kind of bringing their writing off the page and bringing more personality than they can often in their writing. I think it's those those big telegraph names who are opinionated and punchy not afraid to have an opinion which is something that obviously we can do that the broadcasters can't always do although we are pushing the boundaries of that these days yeah so I, th- I think it's opinionated and it's kind of unapologetically opinionated and do the big names get involved in podcast planning and production for we'll our production meetings the producer or whether that's me or, or someone else um, or if I'm the kind of editor on the show will chat with the presenter and we'll kind of discuss um you know the kinds of people we'd like to have this series who has a contact you know often because we're covering topics that are the host's bread and butter they will often have great contacts you know I'm not going to purport to have better contacts in the world of rugby than Mr Brian Moore himself so you know we're the producer will discuss with Brian who who they'd like and sometimes it is, you know, Brian who'll make that call and actually having big name hosts does really help open doors. The Telegraph has several podcasts shortlisted in our 2022 awards. The shortlisted series Bed of Lies seemed to me to be a surprising subject for The Telegraph to cover and I asked Theo, how did they come to the decision to make that podcast series? Bed of Lies is a really interesting one because um, for anyone that doesn't know, it revolves around the story of a group of um, 40 left-wing activists who over four decades were duped by um, police officers into relationships. The police officers were spying on them um, and at the same time were their boyfriends and in at least one case, the father of their children. Obviously, uh, The Telegraph is a centre-right paper. This is a story of left-wing activists. For us, we wanted to do that story both because, you know, that should be an important story for anyone and a, a story of deception that's kind of sanctioned by the state that I think you should empathise with no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, but also because we're in the unique position of being able to bring this story to a new audience you know we, we don't want to tell stories that our audience is super familiar with and know inside out already and the guardian have done some really great reporting on this story but arguably you know their audience might know it a lot better already and therefore it's a bit less a bit less interesting to them so uh yeah for that one we we saw that as a strength i think the other thing is that people who are drawn to the bed of lies story or or who knew it a bit already lots of them the women included told us quite kind of 
proudly that they weren't a typical Telegraph audience. And yeah, some of the women involved would say things like, at the beginning, I can't believe I'm doing this with the Telegraph. But, you know, I think it's pretty obvious if you listen to that podcast that they trusted us entirely with their story and realised that no matter what side of the spectrum your paper comes from, we're here to do proper quality, fair journalism. Given the range of podcast styles that The Telegraph makes, I wonder if Theo had a favourite style of podcast. There was a time a couple of years ago where making podcasts was both incredibly exciting and a complete nightmare because I was producing our political show, Chopper's Politics, uh, and it used to be called Chopper's Brexit Podcast. And we had this kind of absurd situation where every time we sat down to record, a cabinet minister would resign or a Brexit deal would be done or there'd be some new amendment on the amendment on the amendment on the amendment. And I love making political shows. My kind of background is in newsy journalism and that really is my bread and butter. I am quite glad that the news cycle has slowed ever so slightly um, because because that was both really fun and um, fascinating and a, and a complete nightmare. But, you know, I love making our big documentary series too. Who doesn't want the luxury of being able to dig deep into a story for months and months at a time, especially at a daily newspaper where that is such a luxury and, you know, not all journalists in the newsroom get the luxury of working on a story for more than a few hours. So it is very satisfying to work on one story over, you know, three, six, nine, twelve months and come out of it with something really tangible, very crafted and, yeah, kind of ambitious journalism that lasts as well um so yeah i love our documentary series too theo was our podcast hero for 2021 and i asked her if she had to hire a podcast hero what qualities would she be looking for for me it's about seeing podcasting from the very beginning of the process to the very end of the process so it's not you can't just have a great host but not think about what they're going to say or who they're going to interview or how they're going to record their series. You can't just have a great host, think about what they're going to say, book a great guest and then not have a great microphone. You can't just, you know, if we're talking publishers and and I'm assuming here that people have a little bit of a budget, I I fully sympathise that, you know, if you're making this in your your garage, you do you. Um, But we're talking The Telegraph here. And you, you can't just then, you know, have your great host, think about your content, record your great show, edit your great show uh, with your great microphone and then just leave it be. You know, you need to promote it. You need to get people talking about it. You need to ask the guests and the host and, uh, you know, if we're talking roundtable stuff, to share it and to talk about it. So, yeah, I think it's just not dropping the ball at any of those stages because often you can make a great show and then no one listens to it because they don't know about it or that that kind of thing so I think it's a start to finish process and then if I were to isolate one stage that I would say is kind of the stage the editing I'm really fussy about editing I think it's the great strength of podcasting over live broadcasting I don't like shows that are too long I don't like shows with too many um, ums. She says, umming, please cut out my ums. I don't, I don't like shows with 
bad sound quality. I know we've all struggled with remote recording in the last year and I'm sure someone will call me up and say, but this Telegraph podcast had a dog barking in the background. I'm sure it did, but I am. I'm really fussy about editing. Thank you so much for listening to Lessons from Award-winning publisher podcast from Media Voices. And a massive thank you to The Telegraph's Head of Audio, Theodora Leloudis, for sharing her insights, giving us our time. With seven podcasts shortlisted for the Publisher Podcast Awards 2022, we're hoping that Theo and our team will join us for the awards in London on April 27th. You can too. Just head over to publisherpodcastawards.com Buy your tickets and join us on the night to meet some of the best podcasters in publishing.